Hi, I'm Azure Ashby, CPA and creator of the Love Then Money Institute. Each week, I will bring you inside the life of a real couple and their relationship with money in order to help you and your partner master your own relationship with money. We can no longer rely on the taboo of money to justify our avoidance. And we can no longer change the topic when things get real. I believe it's time we take our financial future by the reins and take control of the money conversation. And we do that by actually having the conversation. So get ready to listen, relate, and be inspired to achieve your financial dreams together. Because you know what they say, first comes love, then comes money. So let's do this. Hi. So each time we finish with a couple, we're going to either do an interview or a little episode that gives us some perspective on a topic that I feel will help you on the money journey. Today we are talking about anxiety when it comes to money. I'm doing this particular episode so that you know you are not alone if you feel anxious about money at all. I'd like to say that we've all been there, but I don't exactly think that's true. There are some of us who haven't had to worry about money throughout our lives, but that's a subject for another day. Losing sleep over money is a common problem, especially in a world where social media makes it look like your friends and even people you don't know are living the high life, right? But let me tell you a little secret. Some people aren't telling the whole truth on social media. I know, it's a total shocker, right? We know it, but we still compare ourselves and we need to stop. I know I felt anxiety about money, and it wasn't that long ago. For me, because I'm still on my money journey, I have this weird dichotomy where some days I feel excited about it, and some days it makes me feel that feeling in the pit of my stomach that makes me want to vomit. I grew up, and I've shared some of this before, but I grew up stressed out about money. Having been raised in a single-parent home, it wasn't because my mom purposefully had me stress about it, but we were close, so I could see her stress. I could see we didn't live in as nice a house as other friends, and I was embarrassed. I was scared some months, and sometimes we would go to the grocery store and have to keep having the cashier press subtotal to see what we could get and what we had to leave behind. Don't get me wrong. I was blessed to not have gone hungry a night in my life, but I still felt the stress and anxiety that came with not having enough. The thing is, with any past experiences, is that the meaning we give them is something that is hard to shake. Sometimes the meaning or story we create is based on the emotions we felt at the time, be them right or wrong assessments of the situation. It's all about perspective, our perspective. When you're on your own and there's any sort of stressor when it comes to money, all of those feelings from childhood tend to come up, even if you don't know it. Then add a spouse or boyfriend or significant other and kids, forget it. Part of the feeling of anxiety is the feeling of not having enough to pay the bills, for example. But the other part of it is feeling like you can't keep up with the Joneses. 
And like I mentioned before, that's something that we're really struggling with now in the age of social media. So I'm currently at this conference called High Performance Academy, and it's led by someone named Brendan Burchard. And if you haven't read his book, High Performance Habits, pick it up. It's really interesting. Anyway, he said this the other day, the opposite of engagement is avoidance. And I thought to myself, yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I go through phases, right? So when things are good, I'm totally engaged in my finances. I keep track of them. I pay all my bills on the same day. I plan and allocate them to their buckets. I do all of the things that I want to do and keep doing. But when things are bad, I totally avoid. I don't open envelopes. I don't log into my accounts. I don't deal with things at all. And it's avoidance at its best. And then because I'm avoiding, I jolt up at night, worried about the repercussions of it all. Have you been there ever? So since this is love then money, and we're focused on money interactions in a relationship, I will shift to the anxiety we feel when we layer in the lives of others. At the end of the day, there's one word here that I believe is the root of anxiety when it comes to money in a relationship, and it's provide. Please listen to this, and it is likely to give you a soft spot when it comes to your spouse and his or her reaction to a money decision where you disagree. Sometimes you may feel like the word is control and not provide, but I would be willing to bet that most times when you dig deep enough, the need for control is based on the need to provide or the fear that he or she won't be able to. This has been the case time and again with the couples I coach. Here's what I mean. When we're alone, we have the freedom to spend and save freely. But add in another person or children and it changes, right? All of a sudden, there are other humans you are responsible for. This happens for men and women and it's natural, it's instinct. We want to be sure, especially when it comes to our children, that we will be able to provide for them, not only now, but in the future. This is why if you are the spender in the relationship and your spouse is the saver, there is going to be conflict. Now, there are tons of reasons you can be a spender, but oftentimes you also have the luxury of being the spender because you have consciously or unconsciously outsourced the responsibility of providing to someone else. Because I can tell you from experience, if you know you have to provide, chances are you'll tighten the purse strings. So I was thinking the other day about this and I wanted to share it with you. Once we are adults, changing is really hard. It's like this gigantic mountain to climb. And I'm sure I've said this before, but I'm a total self-help junkie. Every morning I do something. I read, I listen to someone awesome on YouTube. Some of my favorites are Tom Bilyeu with Impact Theory and Robin Sharma. Love them both. There's tons of suggestions I could give you, but that would take a while. Start there. They're really good. I journal some mornings. I do something to improve myself as a person or as a businesswoman or whatever it is I'm working on that day. And it's still hard to change. You know why? It's because that junk we carry around, the baggage, it's hard to leave it at the curb. And I'm sure you're saying, oh, it's easy for you to spend time doing this. You don't have X, Y, or Z going on in your life. And that may be true, 
but some days I spend as little as 10 minutes listening to something, or I listen while I'm getting ready or in the car. There is definitely time if you want to look for it, but you have to be open to change. I'm telling you this not to discourage you. I'm telling you this because I want you to know that I have been on my own money journey for two years now, and I still fall into the traps that used to keep me up at night. I'm telling you this because you may listen to the podcast, read a book, or otherwise try to improve your relationship with money or your relationship with your partner, and you may fall back into the old routine. So here's the thing. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. You know why? Because change can happen, but it certainly won't happen if you're not doing something to better yourself. That being said, I wanted to provide you with a few tips on dealing with anxiety when it comes to money. The first one is to close your eyes and take a deep breath, or 10, or 15, or whatever it takes to get you feeling centered again. One thing I like to do is the box breath. And what that is, is you breathe in for a count of four, you hold it for a count of four, you release it to a count of four, and then you wait to a count of four to breathe again. If you do this 10 times, you'll be totally clear-headed once you open your eyes and you may even be able to come up with a solution that you wouldn't have while you were in the moment. Second one is avoid avoidance. It sounds silly, right? But this is going to be really hard for a lot of people. You have to engage with the situation no matter how shitty it is. Look at the bill, open the envelope, come up with a plan, even if it's throwing $5 at it every week. It's like you tell your spouse, has avoiding the situation ever worked out better? No. Avoidance caused problems to get worse, whether we're talking about how you pissed me off or that other medical bill. The third one is, before you head to bed, write in your phone notes or a little sheet of paper, your journal or whatever it is, what the situation is and what your stressor about it is and kind of journal about it. And so here's the thing. I know journaling sounds all woo-woo, but when we begin to write, and for me, it's with an actual pen and paper. I mean, it, it works so much better when I have a pen and paper, but it doesn't have to be. But when we begin to write, things come out that we didn't even know were there. Answers bring themselves to the foreground. And a lot of times the answers are there. We just don't allow ourselves to see them. And so the act of writing down will get you out of your brain and allow you to sleep. So it'll get it kind of out of your brain and onto the paper. And then, you know what? There's nothing you're going to be able to do about it overnight. So just get a good night's sleep and deal with it in the morning. And you know that once you wrote it down, it's there for you. And you're just kind of basically packaging it and leaving it there so that you can revisit it at another time. And the last one is have an honest conversation with yourself. And this is the one that's going to be super hard. If you're feeling this anxiety come up a lot, have an honest conversation with yourself. Are you overspending? Do you need to make a shift in work or lifestyle or whatever it is? Is this something you could have controlled? And I want to caution you here. Don't wallow in this if it is something you could have controlled. Just acknowledge that and move on. Start to have an honest conversation on what needs to change in order to be able to live a life free from this money anxiety. If it's something you can't control, I get it. 
maybe someone hit you on the road and was uninsured and now you have a deductible you can't afford. I get that. It was out of your control. You know what could have been in your control though? Having the money and savings to cover it. Do you know that 57% of Americans have less than $1,000 in the bank? Tell me that's not crazy. 57% have less than $1,000 in the bank. So don't tell me it's because you don't make enough. I mean, my uncle made minimum wage his whole life and had $50,000 in his bank account. So it can happen. But what we do is get caught up in living beyond our means. And I'm just going to call it like it is. And I get that things happen here and there. And as soon as you start saving, it's like Murphy's Law, right? It just something happens where you have to spend that money. And so just make it a priority to start taking some sort of action that will get you into position where you don't have to feel this feeling anymore. These conversations are hard. Nobody wants to have them. Nobody wants to feel embarrassed or that they're failing in some way by having to cut back. And I get that. But in the words of Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? Anyway, I wanted to end it there. I think that's a lot for you to think of. And I'll see you next week when we meet our new couple, Nick and Angela. And I can't wait for you to meet them and hear their story. If you like Love Then Money, do me a favor and tell a friend or five. I'm Azure Ashby, and until next time, I wish you both love and money. Take care.